From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Yes, here we go with the national news for week commencing June 19, 2016. I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. The Australian and New Zealand Army Corps Centenary at Gallipoli last year had many Anzac suffix call signs activated in Australia, New Zealand and coordination with events overseas. The WIA program run over eight months, starting on April 25 and ending with the departure from Gallipoli December 20, resulted in more than 30,000 contacts. In July this year, VK100 Anzac will see the Geelong Amateur Radio Club commemorate 100 years since the Anzacs were at Fromelles and Pozieres on the Western Front. The same Geelong Club was an active part of the commemoration of World War I for the anniversary of the first shot fired by the British Empire, which stopped a German ship leaving Port Phillip Bay. Now, the Geelong Amateur Radio Club has been granted by the WIA, call sign VK100 Anzac, on July 19, 20 and 21, and is to be part of the commemoration of the Western Front centenary. The club is to have an excellent article in the July edition of the WIA journal Amateur Radio magazine entitled Memoirs of a Signaller. This will have extracts from Harold Charles Hinkfus, a signals officer of the 26th Battalion AIF. The story by Barry Abley, VK3SY, is an opportunity for us to remember with gratitude those who served this fledgling nation. Aviation worried about the square kilometre array. The giant SKA radio telescope, chosen to be in both South Africa and West Australia, has created fears that its spectrum silent zone could see jet aircraft being redirected. It will be 100 times larger than any current radio telescope and may revolutionise our understanding of the universe. While its South African end is still being built at Karoo, the local industry is concerned about the restrictions it will bring to some radio frequencies. To function, it will need to be protected from interference, thus as designated a radio quiet zone. There doesn't seem to be a problem with the project quiet zone about 80 kilometres from Carnarvon in West Australia. However, aviation in South Africa is concerned it could affect communication between pilots and air traffic control. The SKA in a draft proposes a ban on frequencies from 100 megs to 25.5 gigs, which include those used by aircraft. Both the SKA and the aviation industry are discussing the matter to find a possible solution. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. VK1279, yes, we're whipping around VK. In VK1, Wednesday the 22nd is the monthly meeting of the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club and Dale VK1DSH will give a presentation on slow scan TV. As usual, doors open 7.30 for an 8 o'clock start sharp. In less than 12 weeks, the annual Westlakes Amateur Radio Club Field Day and VK2 will be here. Sellers and buyers definitely welcome. Go for a look, a chat, take your chances with the famous Westlakes auction where you can grab an absolute bargain. Also, they say, the best barbecue and cooks that money can't buy. Cold drinks, hot drinks, shelter from the sun and protection from the rain. Start saving some cash or cleaning out the shack. All roads will lead to Westlakes, 18th of September. VK7 and radio propagation, or why can't they hear me? 
Well, that's become quite a science, and if you're interested in any sort of radio contacts, it is quite fundamental. Is there a way to predict whether trying to contact a particular location is going to be possible? Rex VK7MO and Ben VK7BN will team up to give you the lowdown on the high up. If you're around Hobart Town and have ever complained the bands are bad, then you'll want to see this presentation scheduled for Wednesday, July 6, 7.30 at the Reese Club Rooms. WIA Award for Norfolk Island, VK9. A number of applications are in for the Limited Edition Norfolk Island Award for contacts made during the recent Wireless Institute of Australia's annual general meeting and events. It required contacts with the DX entity over the two weeks of late May, early June. Among the early DX applications are those from VK3's OHM, JL, AWG, VK3, SIM and VK7, Charlie Whiskey. Congratulations. The award generated many contacts and more claims are expected. Now here's an opportunity regards Norfolk Island. It's to watch a recording of the AGM. Here is WIA President Phil Waite, VK2 ASD. The recording of the WIA's annual general meeting held at the Paradise Hotel at Norfolk Island is now available for members online. Access is available to WIA members who are registered with the Memnet Membership Service and the video had almost 300 views in the first 24 hours after it went up last Saturday night. A live stream server and dedicated internet service were used to stream it in real time from the AGM. 150 members viewed the streaming service from all parts of Australia. Some people have commented that they could not view the original live stream at the time, but have viewed the video later from the WIA website. They say, well done, this is exactly what the WIA needs. Another member described it as a great idea, showing the WIA as being professional and transparent. The WIA board has received favourable comments about the use of the technology and has resolved, where possible, to stream future annual general meetings. However, there is really no substitute for actually attending an AGM weekend. The AGM weekend is more than just a corporate meeting. Those attending get to be part of the open forum where ideas are raised and exchanged and attend speaker sessions on the Saturday afternoon on various topics. This year, speakers covered portable amateur radio, the future opportunities with STEM, chasing storms, history and de-expeditions. The traditional WIA annual dinner is held on the Saturday night and is a must and there is also a lot of amateur radio activity, general tourism and social activity on the AGM weekend. The WIA board has decided that the 2017 AGM will be held in Adelaide. Don't miss it. More details on that later this year. Thanks, Phil. VK2ASD, President of our WIA. The Wireless Institute of Australia is making presentations with the latest being at the South East Radio Group's birthday annual convention and national fox hunting championships. Yes, the WIA directors are giving presentations right around VK. The WIA directors were at club meetings or events in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and West Australia, and of course, South Australia. The Brisbane Amateur Radio Club's Barkfest on June 4 saw director Ewan McLeod, VK4ERM there, and he'll be presenting at the Townsville Amateur Radio Club June 21. Director Andrew Smith, VK6AS, is to be at the Northern Corridor Radio Group Hamfest August 7 and intends to visit other VK6 clubs too during the year. In October, director Fred Swainston, VK3DAC, will be at the Tablelands and at the Cairns Amateur Radio Clubs. 
And last weekend, as we said, WIA Director Paul Simmons, VK5PAS, gave a presentation in Mount Gambia before about 75 hams. Generally well received. In fact, this is the second time such a WIA presentation was given by him, the earlier occasion at the South Coast Amateur Radio Group, June 9. Paul VK5PAS combined his WIA duty with portable visits in parks that this time included dodging a few kangaroos on the road. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What use is an F-call? Last week I spent a little time talking about lightning. I discussed how lightning can affect many different things, not just by being a direct hit, but by having a nearby hit, that is, something that is in some way electrically connected to you or your station. We all know that the ground has some level of conductivity, just like the air does. The lightning that you see during a thunderstorm is the visualisation of the conductivity of air. In the earth you don't really see it that clearly, but the same thing happens. Conductivity is measured in Siemens per metre. Deionized water has a conductivity of about 5.5 micro Siemens per metre. Seawater is about 5 Siemens per metre. So, seawater is approximately a million times more conductive than deionized water. Since Siemens is a measure of conductivity and ohms a measure of resistance, you can convert one into the other as they're inverse. A resistor made of 1 centimetre of seawater at 20 degrees centigrade has a resistance of 2 milliohm. Ground conductivity is in the order of a thousand times worse than seawater and is typically expressed in millisiemens per metre. As we're talking about the ground, the conductivity is seasonal since rain comes and goes and to add to the mix, this conductivity is frequency dependent. So, in Australia, for a frequency of up to 30 kHz, the conductivity varies from 1 to 10 millisiemens per metre, or 1 centimetre of ground has a varying resistance between 1 and 10 ohm. If you look at a megahertz, the conductivity varies much more, from 2 to 50 millisiemens per metre, depending on where you are or how far you are from the ocean, a river, a lake or what the ground is made up of. Back to lightning. Imagine an earth stake next to your shack for your radio, and another stake next to your antenna. In a circuit diagram, both of them would show as being connected to earth, and you'd just look at that and think that all was well with the world. Both are earthed, so you're safe. Unfortunately, that's not the case. If you drew the circuit diagram properly, there'd be a resistor between the two earth stakes. There'd be also a conductor, namely your coax between the radio and the antenna. So, you have a path of low resistance, the coax, and a parallel path of high resistance, something like 10 kilo ohm for 10 meters, between the earth stakes. No points for guessing which one the lightning will take. But the coax is capable of handling that, isn't it? If your coax is rated at 3 kilovolts, like RG213, a direct lightning strike will only exceed its capacity by a million times. So no, coax is not a good earth path. As an exercise, you can use 300 kiloamp as the current for direct lightning strike, 
Based on the ground conductivity of 10 milli siemens per meter, you can work out how far lightning needs to be in order for your RG213 to survive if your earth stakes are 10 meters apart and not bonded. So, the lesson is, bond all of your earth stakes together, connect the coax shield to the tower and create a single point ground by connecting them all together. There are several online lightning maps showing real-time lightning activity which can also help. WeatherZone incorporates the Bureau of Meteorology radar images and superimposed lightning strikes. Of course, you can also use the lightning data to check to see what the noise level might be like at a DX station you're trying to work. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1WIA. International news with thanks to IARU. RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Transatlantic VHF Digital Beacon. On the 19th of May, antennas were erected and the VHF SDR turned on to inaugurate the Victor Oscar 1 Fox November slash Bravo Transatlantic VHF Digital Beacon Receiver Site. This is a joint project sponsored in part by the Society of Newfoundland Radio Amateurs, Bacalow Amateur Radio Club and the Upper Trinity Amateur Radio Club. The VHF digital receive site is now operational and ready for experimentation by beacon operators and well-equipped VHF stations in Europe. The antennas, two in-of Antenna 5 Element LFA Q high-gain VHF Yagis, can be rotated to point to stations that are located in southern regions of Europe. Secret World War II radio station given heritage protection. A radio relic from the Second World War has just come out of the shadows. It's a wireless station just outside Norwich that operated in obscurity, its access hidden behind a fake bookcase. The station also had a nearby escape tunnel Civilian volunteers were dispatched there to transmit and receive messages for the army, trading information to help ward off an invasion. The station, which finally came to public light in 2012, was recently granted heritage protection by Historic England. It is known as Pinebank Station and is located at Thorpe Street Andrews near Norwich, one of three similarly protected underground wireless stations. The ARRL reports the US regulator, the FCC, has turned away a petition to permit very low-power experimental operation on amateur radio bands. James Edwin Wedby, November Zero Echo Charlie November, sought to amend FCC Part 97, Amateur Radio Service Rules, to let radio amateurs conduct experiments on all amateur radio bands, subject to certain limits on duration, power and bandwidth. N0ECN has submitted a number of petitions to the SCC seeking to change aspects of the FCC Part 97 regulations. It might appear that rather than tinkering with Part 97, what is needed is a complete rewrite. The FCC did attempt a major modernisation 40 years ago, but this was defeated by the amateur community. Researchers turned smartphone vibration motor into microphone to spy on you. Two researchers from the University of Illinois have devised a method for turning vibration motors, like the ones found in smartphones, into makeshift microphones, capable of recording the sound around them. Their method doesn't yield perfect results and also needs physical access to the device, 
but it puts in place the theoretical details needed to carry out and refine such attacks in the future. The attack, named Vibraphone, is based on the idea that any vibration motor is technically a speaker. Vibration motors translate electrical current sent into sound waves by a moving coil. In this case, the coil generates vibrations and low humming sounds in the phone. Since a microphone is basically a reversed speaker, taking incoming sounds and converting them back into electrical waves, the researchers decided to attempt an experiment during which they turned a phone's vibration motor into a microphone. The researchers say they had to rewire the phone's vibration motor, which makes this highly unlikely to be an attack usable in the real world, unless the attacker has enough time to break the phone apart and rewire its vibration motor. In the experiment attempted by the researchers, they said they were able to record sounds, but that the sound's quality was very poor. This was because the vibration motor was not optimised for recording audio and was able to record sounds of maximum frequencies up to 2 kHz, the lower end of the spectrum, leaving out high-pitched noises. For WIA National News, in Sydney I'm Jason VK2LAW. Operational News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ2016. Operators Wyatt, AC0RA and Dave, KG5CCI will activate Santa Rosa Island as K6R on a satellite expedition between September the 16th and the 18th. The Santa Rosa Island is in the Channel Islands National Park. Operators have secured permissions arranged to get to the island and will spend two nights camping and operating on a number of satellite passes, as well as some terrestrial and HF operations too. Look for updates to be posted on the K6RQOZ.com page over coming months with FAQs, pictures and more information. Football with Ham Radio While the UEFA European Championships are being held June 10 to July 10, our member association in France, Union des Radio Clubs at Radio Amateurs, F8URC, organises this award you can get in PDF format. Each contact, countries, stadiums, cities, departments, reports a certain number of points. The award has several categories. Translate rules to English from French and go for it. See the text edition on wia.org.au Russian Arctic's Legend expedition Looks like the members of the club station Yang in Form Limited are planning their expeditions to the Arctic to activate four rare iotas as RT9K-9 starting ferry in March 2017. The expedition is dedicated to the 120th anniversary of the expedition on the ship Fram, led by Fridtjof Nansen. Activity will be on 40 to 10 metres using CW, SSB and the digital modes. PSK, APRS, Pactor. There will have three stations on the air. Operation will depend on the weather and ice conditions. QSL via RX9KM. BB Island activation planned for 2017 or maybe 2018. Three proven and experienced expedition leaders of a large team of operators have announced plans to activate BB Island the number two most wanted DXCC entity, in late 2017 or early 2018. Ralph, K0IR, Bob, K4UEE and Erling, LA6VM, have been working on this project since returning from Peter the First, 3Y0X, some 10 years ago. They must have gotten wind of another set of visitors, as they have said, and I quote, we are making this announcement now so that other de-exhibition teams that may be considering Bouvet as a de-exhibition target 
can redirect their time and efforts elsewhere, the trio said in the announcement. Another planned de-expedition which is planned following that surprise demonstration operation from the Democratic People's Republic of Korea in December. Polish DXer Don Gruby, 3Z9DX, is eagerly awaiting the call that will allow him to return to the number one most wanted DXEC entity for another brief activation. Just when could be any time. However, DX World and the Daily DX report that Dom has received confirmation that North Korea will authorise a five-day operation and he is ready to roll just as soon as he gets word which will be on short notice, just enough time for him to book his flight, grab his gear and head off. There are other conditions. He will only operate on SSB and on one band, 20, 15 or 10 metres. No decisions will be made until Dom gets to the DPRK, however. For BK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia, from BK1WIA... You're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In southeast Queensland, it can be heard on VK4WIG on frequency 146.700 MHz at 9am every Sunday. I'm Bryn, VK4GF. Hi, it's Brian, VK3GR with Worldwide Special Interest Groups. Let's start with Final Frontier. NASA astronaut Scott D. Tingle has just earned his amateur radio licence. Passing his exam on June 3, 2016, the FCC issued the call sign KG5NZA to him on June 8th. In January, as he began some NASA training in Russia, he requested the licence study material. He'd heard about ARIS during his astronaut training and in January decided to study on his own. Now, CubeSat LightSail 2 will transmit Morse code from space. Jason Davis reports that during last year's LightSail 1 mission, callsign KK6HIT, dozens of radio enthusiasts around the world wrote in to say that they heard solar sailing CubeSat chattering away in low Earth orbit. Every few seconds, LightSail automatically transmits a beacon packet. These packets can be picked up by ground stations and decoded into 238 lines of text telemetry that describe the spacecraft's health and status. Everything from battery current to solar sail deployment motor state is included. Organisers still plan to better support the worldwide radio community's effort to help capture those packets. That work is temporarily on the back burner, while engineering team focuses on getting the spacecraft ready for delivery. Many off-the-shelf CubeSat software packages also have an option to transmit Morse code beacons, and for the LightSail 2 mission, they'll be activating this feature. Every 45 seconds, the spacecraft will transmit LS2, and radio operators tuned into the spacecraft's 437.325 MHz frequency should be able to hear it. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, OC206. VK6NX will be active as VI6DH400 from Dirk Hartog Island between August 14th to 18th on 40, 30, 20, 17 and 15 metres using CW and SSB. Due to the significance of the event, commemoration of 400 years of Dutch explorer Dirk Hartog landing on Western Australian coast, ACMA have allocated this special call sign. Now Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW, International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend Update. So far there have been 240 registrations 
from 32 countries in this annual event. The latest include Belgium, Brazil, Finland, France, India, Italy, Malaysia and Russia. Currently having the most registrations is Germany on 48, followed by Australia with 35 and the US with 32. This 19th International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is August 20 and 21 this year. Now Worldwide Special Interest Group's radio scouting, scouting around for new hams. On Monday the 6th of June, the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club presented Ham Radio to the Evoca Venture Scouts Troop in VK2. But let's head to Germany and Ed for this report. Ed, VK2JI, DL5LP. Subjects covered in presentations were What is Amateur Radio? Using material from the WIA website. Amateur Radio and Satellites where videos were shown, including one of Colonel Doug Wheelock using amateur radio on the International Space Station. Digital modes and using the Raspberry Pi in amateur radio, including its use for IRLP and Echolink. Also covered was the SOTA scheme and the worldwide flora and fauna portable operations. This seems to be of interest to the scouts in the troop who do a lot of hill walking. A link-up to a long-distance member, Ed, VK2JI, now DD5LP, in Germany was made via Echolink. Two young scouts, Izzy and Sarah, plucked up the courage and asked Ed some questions about the hobby. Um, what made you get into all the radio and like, all the amateur radio stuff? Yeah, VK2HK from DD5LP. Actually, a very interesting link here. Uh, my brother was involved in the scouts in uh, England and he got very involved in the radio side of things and they had their own radio club at the uh, at the scout hall and he then got his license and set up at home and i saw what he was doing and got quite interested oh, VK2HK, DD5LP. Yes, Sarah, I have met people afterwards, and that's actually, it, it, it's very interesting, because when you talk to somebody on the radio, you have an idea of what they look like, and, you know, what kind of person they are, and I can tell you, every time you meet them in person, they're nothing like that, they're totally different. If somebody comes here to Germany, that's a radio amateur I've talked to, I'll go out of my, out of my way to make sure that they, you know, they have a good time, and that's a very common thing. We also have uh, what we call ham fests or field days where a lot of amateurs meet up and that's an opportunity for me to meet up with a lot of the people that I've talked to and you end up building up uh, almost lifetime friendships through it. Thank you, Ed. Now staying in DL land for this, we learn of emergency communications at Friedrichshafen, the largest gathering of European radio amateurs involved in emergency communications will be held at the Ham Radio 2016 event in Friedrichshafen, Germany. The International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 has set aside June 24-26 to for a series of talks and discussions about the role and capabilities of amateur radio in times of emergency. There will be reports from the three IARU region coordinators, an open forum for national coordinators to report on local activities, the Global Simulated Emergency Test Outcome and ideas for this year, 
and the IARU Emergency Message Procedure. Now, special interest groups, lowdown. Alexanderson Day, named after the Swedish radio engineer Ernst Frederick Werner Alexanderson, and held either on the Sunday, which comes closer to the 2nd of July, is the day of the open house at the Swedish government VLF transmitter, Grimton, callsign SAQ, located near Varberg. On Alexanderson Day, Christmas Eve, and other times during the year, the only workable Alexanderson alternator transmitter in the world is used to transmit short Morse messages on 17.2 kHz, which should be receivable in all of Europe. The transmitter is preserved as a historical remnant of early radio technology and as an example of VLF equipment. And that's all I have for this week. I'm Brian, VK3GR. Well, there we be, the WIA National News for another week. I'm Graham, VK4BB, reminding you to walk softly, but make a noise at these events. July 9, 10, VK3, Gipstech 2016, Church Hill. August 7, VK6, NCRG Hamfest, 9am Cyril Jackson Community Hall, Ashfield. September 18 in VK2, Westlake's Amateur Radio Club's Field Day at Taralba. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.